What's up, guys? John Sintez, Cutter Nation Baseball Podcast special guest, my friend from the South, from Georgia himself, Nick Tanner, a.k.a. the College Burnout, a.k.a. the Dragon, a.k.a. owned by the Hippo. Really want to say that out loud for everybody. Chill, chill, chill. I can say that because we have the evidence. Uh, I just want to uh, give you your flowers because I have been enjoying your content and we've been talking about that for a while. And like, it's just been a blast to watch you evolve because I've really wanted this version of that. I, I have an idea that we'll talk about in the future that I think is the perfect podcast. Um, and and CC Sabathia kind of stole the idea from me, but you know when we're in the dugout and we're saying the thing that we're saying, and we all know it, and and really mom's not around, and like everybody's really saying the shit. I want to watch a ball game and like let that out because like it, there's a different breed of human that has played baseball, and 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 you can appreciate either what's happening on the field, especially when you've seen it, you know, and and some of my greatest memories of baseball have been in the dugout with other dudes watching somebody else either go off on the field or dominate on the mound, you know? So I miss you. How are you? I miss you. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot better. Uh, now that I've gotten through the editing portion, you know, I know that you're hard to hit off of, but these fucking jabronis on the internet, they don't get it. They just see, the, the radar display board, they see my doors getting blown off with 84, 85, 86, and they're just like, bro, bro, you suck, bro. And I was just like, you don't fucking get it, man. You don't fucking get it, and I don't want to hear shit about it. Hey, I'm going to, uh, so you know, I'm going to get back to 90. I got a couple guys rehabbing, you know, so that'll make it even more into the cutter be back in like mid 80s and the slider will be you know into the 80s and you know the curveball maybe 75 so you know that'll that'll just make it even worse for you that'll it it'll make it better for me from a content standpoint like at least i have an excuse then you know like at least i can people look at it and just be like oh well the guy's throwing 90 you know (laughs) it's funny you said that we uh i remember i played in this nbc world series uh Played with this team. There was this coach that I had played with, and they needed a pitcher. Went out to Wichita and played. I'm 33 at the time, playing with a bunch of college kids. And the manager, it was like the last time he was going out there. He's been going out there for years. He's an amazing guy. So it was really fun to play with him again. And I went two CGs in four and in front of a bunch of college kids, and I was sitting 89, 91. And they were just, they were like, what? Like, in the first one, I think I struck out 10 or 11. But it was just, like I told you, like I can just throw two cutters in a row right down the middle. You're O two, and then I can just do whatever I want. Like God. Yeah. The worst part was, was like I, I I put a clip out about it where I got to two O, and I was sitting fastball, and I still hit like a weak little backside single, and I'm like joking as, as I'm walking out of the cage, like it's two O, and I'm still fighting for my life. But I mean, that's really how it was. It was like. It's one of those days, you know, just as a hitter, you know you don't got it, and then you're doing some funky stuff, and I'm just like, I know it's a fastball, and it's like, please, for the love of God, don't swing and miss again. And I I wish I had some cooler clips, but, you know, I guess the swinging and missing ones look pretty sick, too. It's honestly a partner to continue to throw at 37. 
have a lot of dudes that like out of that like you should hit me if like if you face the same dude and you play the same level in the video game over and over and over and over and over you're gonna figure the shit out your ability to like collect that fucking badge on each guy that you face yep. is what's gonna make you an even dude you know like if you if you drove across the country you have no idea who i am and i'm like well you don't even know what i know like you don't even you have no idea i throw eight pitches plus i can change arm angles like, like I, you know like it was I you're, you're in your college they talked me into going sidearm. I got up to 87 down there, and I hated it because I threw like 11 innings. Like, like this is terrible. They... So yeah, I, I've always been the opposite. I was more like a uh, throw as hard as I can for a few innings and then blow my shit out kind of guy. Never. Well, I mean, that's what never. I, shout out to Eric Sim for finally a real thing. We'd, we'd all been saying it in college for a minute, or at least I was when I was down there. You know, but like, as soon as you said that, coach didn't want you to have any fun. Hey, hey, come on, let's throw some strikes. I'm like, I'm trying to throw fucking 100, dude. Like, come on. No, no. Get the ball down. Pull it back to 86. No. Nope. Get it down on the Make it sink. You're not going to get hurt there. Oh, really? Anyway, uh, so let's let's get into Let's find out a little bit more. Some Let's peel some layers back, all right? I love everybody's origin story of how they fell in love with baseball. Um, for example, I had your typical, you know, Hallmark movie. I thought I was good. We had the one kid that was better. He comes out. So first time I realized that, I, that I'm actually a little bit of a Jedi and I can control the ball. And I throw three balls as hard as I can right by this fucking kid and tell him to go sit down at 12. And his mom yells at me from the bleachers, don't be mean to my son. And then from then on, I just hated him for that typical stuff. You know what I mean? So do you, do you, I know we have a Batman full outing in, in, a, in a, as a cape. Is there a, is there a Bruce Wayne type story for you here? Um, I mean, baseball in general, just like grew up around it, having an older brother, having a dad that kind of got me into it. I always really loved it. Um, there was definitely like a, like, key moment in high school whenever I realized that I sucked like thought I was a lot better than I was had some varsity playing time as a sophomore didn't do that good and kind of realized like oh shit like you know I need to start grinding um that was definitely one of them but really not even then it was uh after college baseball college just like killed the love of the game for me because I just started treating it so I took it way too serious, just working as hard as I could all the time and not always like working smart, like just reps on reps, like, you know, just not, not necessarily doing what I needed to be doing, just doing what I thought I needed to be doing. Um, just hated baseball when I left and then, uh, you know, started coaching some 13 year olds. And, uh, I think a few of them were in here earlier, actually. Um, and just seeing the 13-year-olds go out there and just fuck around all the time, every weekend, just the way that they they just really don't care about anything, but they're still going out there and competing, that shit made me have fun. Um, that, that made me realize, you know, what baseball is supposed to be about, and that's kind of when I got back into it. And then I started doing these live ABs. I started doing men's league through the lens of, like, hey, I'm going to go have as much fun as possible, regardless of the outcome. 
And, uh, you know, yeah, my swing might have been a little cleaner. My eyes might have been a little more well-trained when I was training every day in college. But I think just as far as just talent, I think I'm better now than I ever was when I took it serious because for the most part, there's no pressure. You know, there's like the last time I went and faced Sim, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And, and you know, that's what happened. I, I shit the bed. It was because I started caring. And then uh, after Sim shit on me, the rest of that whole trip out west, I just showed up and was just like, hey, man, whatever. We're going to have some fun. I don't care. Just talk some shit. Um, but that was it for me was like really just seeing how much kids don't care and seeing how much they just have fun. And, and sometimes they took it serious, but sometimes they would strike out or give up a big hit and come back in the dugout and make a joke about some really dumb shit. And then it just kind of makes you realize like, oh, like this, it's really not that deep. Right. Yeah, I think that's something I've talked about with a lot of kids that, that's kind of missed in the mental side of the game. I, I Honestly, from the start, and just in love with the game, you know, and always been in love with the game, and I feel like I figured out how to stay around it and have a family and, and survive a little bit. And, and you know, in other cultures like MMA, there there's a continuation and the understanding that, like, that is a discipline, right? Like showing up and training and, and staying focused and having something that you're dedicated to, you know, like that is, is helpful. And I see a lot of college kids that do what you do that like, like there were guys that were so much better than me that like done with my four years, I'm done. I'm starting, I'm starting my life. I'm going to be a banker. And I'm just like, what buddy, you don't want to professional baseball. Like, right. What? You know, you don't even want to try it. And, um, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people that are very happy, but at, I remember, you know, after getting hurt and coming back and then playing in Mexico and getting some messages from former college teammates of mine, they're like, dude, I wish I was still playing. And, like, it breaks your heart. You know, it really does. And it's just like, you know, it also, I played in the men's league. I understand why you don't, like, because it's like, well, that's not exactly the, the version of what you thought it was. Yeah. You know? Which brings me back to, like, I, I thought about this the other day. Can we just start like a machine pitch dick ball league? Ever I think instead of slow pitch, let's go 75 dick jobs and just right down the cock. Cock with the L screen. I think everybody would enjoy that shit so much better. You know what I mean? Yeah, because sometimes, man, like when you pull up to men's league and you're just excited and the guys throw in 62 and walk in the house. Bruh. It, it does get rough. Um, we did do a little bit of the um, – we had a thing going for a while where it was like a, kind of an indoor hit tracks league where we would do that. We'd set up the machine, right. cocked up 70 miles an hour, and uh, just turn on hit tracks and just run. Um, I think we just ran it like a simulated game, like a three-inning game. We started putting like 250 bucks on every game. Um, and now, you know, not everybody's going to do that, but some of my friends who are, you know, have gambling addictions, they were all about it. Um, but no, that we, we definitely had a lot of fun with that. And I know you guys have the, uh, the machines and the hit tracks ready. So, I mean, I would, I would definitely talk to some guys in your area about doing some shit like that, especially then you don't have to be out in the hot ass sun watching people play the shittiest defense of your life. Yeah. Oh. Well, honestly, uh, you just gave me a perfect segue right there. I'm, um, we're, we're standing, we're actually, like we do now 
um, but we'll have a bigger cage. We'll have even we'll have two machines. We'll have two hit tracks, and so the training of this stuff of what we're doing, just like I was explaining to you, trying to show it as real as possible. You know, um, it's going to be even easier. So if you can see the ball, I think that's the issue with the timing thing. I don't think that throwing a closer or equivalent is, is equivalent as as good as sending it from 55 feet at 90 miles an hour. I just don't think it's as effective. I understand that trying to show a reaction time thing to that, but you still need the ball travel the full distance just like it's real, especially with the breaking yeah. balls, you know? Huh. Especially. Yeah. Now, you, you really – and that's that's one of the main things that I – like, you know, I mentioned my swing may not be as clean, but, I mean, I feel more comfortable with my swing than I ever have in my career when I was really training. But it's the eyes. The eyes is really the biggest thing. When you just see a ball moving that fast and you have to track it and time it up and watch it move, I just really think the vision is the most important piece of it. So, I mean, that machine is definitely going to help. Yeah. yeah. So you, you say you're, you're more confident than ever um, and, you know, and, and your ability to play the game, you're comfortable. Um, I don't think a lot of uh, even young kids on how to get there. Is there a, uh, was there a breakthrough moment where you realized there was like a, a, a version of, of, of a, a different way for you to do it? Yeah. I think one thing that like really held me down for a while was, um, you know, one, I just, I wanted to be a, a humble guy. I was raised, you know, to be a, a nice Christian guy and everything. Um, and so I always tried to be humble, but eventually trying to be humble became me stifling my own confidence and, you know, limiting my own self-belief. Um, and one big way that I broke free from that, it happened in high school, was going into my senior year, I was just like, you know, man, I just need to up the douche level. And I'm actually going to make an ad for the sunglass company I'm working with soon where it's just talking about, like, the best players in the game are just fucking douchebags. And it's just because they do not care about anything or anybody else except going out there to just ball. And so my senior year of high school, I just went and got an Evo Shield elbow guard, went and bought a little chain with a cross on it from Walmart, like, just little things to just up the douche level. And then every day, kind of like positive affirmations, just like telling myself in my head, like, I am him. I am the best player ever. And at first you feel kind of silly. You're like, hey, buddy, you're not. You're not, though. Um, but then like day after day after day, you kind of start believing it. And that little bit of confidence makes you play a little bit better. And then once you play a little bit better, you believe it a little bit more. And it, it just becomes like this upward spiral where everything just starts working together. And I kind of lost that in college. And that was one of the big things is, like, you get around guys that are a lot more talented than you. You're struggling. You feel like you're behind. Um, you, you can really easily lose that. And so then on the other side, that's kind of where this whole, like, dragon persona came from is I just wanted something that just, like, had an intimidating aura that from the get-go put me on – a pedestal like I'm above everybody and so that's why I like joke with people all the time but I'm like hey man you want to up your confidence you pick a badass animal to just envision yourself as and you just start saying that you build some hype around it and then you just start telling yourself like 
you are that fucking guy. Um, and, you know, you're going to feel a little ridiculous sometimes, but eventually you start believing it. And the more outlandishly confident that you can be, the better off you're going to be. You know, yeah, you're going to look stupid. I look really fucking dumb when I yell dragon and I swing and miss at a breaking ball that's four feet out of the zone or 93 blown right fucking past me down the middle. It looks dumb, but you can't, you can't be a 24 year old dude with a kid scream dragon while you swing a bat and not mean it. You got to fucking mean it when you do it. Um, so, I mean, just shit like that. It like, it really makes you completely buy in and believe in who you are as an athlete. And if you can't put yourself outside of your comfort zone to do some shit like that, then I just don't think you really believe you are who you say you are. If that makes sense. No, I, I think there's, you know, there's a bunch of mental, you know, books, mental training books that talk about developing the alter ego that is the assassin. You know what I mean? And and that's the hippo, by the way, too. So yeah, that's where... yeah. Oh, I met him. I met him, unfortunately. You know, Jedi and hippo, whatever the, the thing is that allows you to, like, turn on, you know, that thing. The Conor as I like to, you know, yep. really enjoy. Ric Flair, the, you know, it's interesting, you know, as you get older and you learn about, like, roles and characteristics and, and you can start seeing commonalities and how you do stuff. And, you know, people enjoy a good heel. So I have to give you a little applaud to that. You know, I think that that, that the attention grabbing and stuff are there is really good. And, and, and that brings me into something you also that was put out recently, this YouTube uh, sock puppets game, right? Let's talk about that, my friend, you know? Yeah. Uh, do appreciate the invitation. I know that you reached out. I want everybody to know that I was invited. Unfortunately, I have a child that is 16 months. I can't really leave California. Go. I'd love to. I got friends over there too. I was already thinking about it. Like I, I fly in here, mental, run over to my boy, say what's up, run over here, say what's up. You know. Could have so, used you know, it. I mean, obviously, you know, I would. I. I threw 152 pitches on Friday in live and, and, uh, you know, I think, I think I could, I could get 150 or so with you guys too, you know? God bless dude. Yeah. We definitely, um, we definitely could have used you for a few innings and at the very least having you on the mound so that I could go play defense somewhere else also would have been nice. Um, nothing against my teammates. We had a great group of guys and I loved it, but yeah, it definitely hurts when, um, there's plays not being made that you know need to be made because it's like don't get me wrong i was shitting the bed i was yeah. walking people i was pumping 82 down the middle but yeah. those are the days where you're like please for the love of god make the routine plays because yeah. a, a three run outing turns into a five run outing which turns into an eight run outing and oh <laughs> it's content though uh, um okay so that's hilarious i i really enjoyed you know um watching you go at and your your comments post pitch and and everything are just hilarious because i think that's as a as a pitcher you know there is a mental that i can i can distinctly remember being like in mexico and there are things that happen post walk or homer or 
huge double RBI that you're just like unaware of, right? And I'll never forget, I'm in, I'm in Hermosillo, I'm the closer. They put me in in the eighth, right? I go first pitch slider, guy hits a little dumpy over the first base and guy from second scores, I'm pissed. You know, I'm backing up home. As the guy touches home plate, they flash all of the lights in the, in the place and then alternate from the light on with giant orange lasers because they're the oranges, the naranjas, okay? And so, like, I'm blown away at this WWE show for a tying run in a game, but I'm like, it almost caught me off. Like, it really stunned me for a second. Loud, like, horns, the whole thing. And I'm just like, there's a concert that just happened. Oh, and then God. the ground started. The ground started, and so like, I've never really pitched where the ground's rumbling when I'm standing or when I'm landing. Like that's a new feeling, you know. And I yep. you don't really understand that. Whole other appreciation for you know a Matt Harvey or some of these guys that are pitching in front of seventy, eighty thousand people. They're able to like, you know. That that was one thing that I tried to explain to people, and so it's like, yeah, I do think preparation. Um, with my schedule would have helped me calm down a little bit more because, you know, I, I didn't plan on doing the home run derby. I was going to use that time to really get ready, go through my process, work on all the stuff I just worked on um, with tread and just like, just get myself right. And then Eric Sim kind of bullied me into doing the home run derby. He was just like, look, man, it's me, you and swing, man. He's like, and he, he hates giving me credit for anything. He's like, as much as I fucking hate you, there are some people out there that like to watch what you do. You're a somewhat big name, even though you're still a nobody. He's like, we need you for the home run derby. So it's like from literally the first few minutes I get there, my schedule, the plan I had for the day gets uprooted. And then it's just like, do this, shoot this, get ready for this thumbnail picture, take BP. You know, you barely have time to stretch. Okay, IO, this and that and then it's like hey are we are we about to warm up and then it's like the game is starting and nobody on our team has warmed up like and we're just sitting there going holy shit like the game the game is starting nobody's warmed up and we just realized like how much the day has gotten away from us so i understand preparation might have helped me a little bit but it's the third inning i'm going out there i literally threw nine pitches in the bullpen I'm cutting the fuck out of every single one of them, nowhere near the strike zone. And I'm just like sitting there nine pitches in and I'm just like, Oh my God, like this is happening. And then you walk out there, the mound's a little bit flatter than you're expecting. And then you just feel that energy of like, I, I mean, even though we were really good in AI in college, I don't think we ever really had more than a hundred people. You know, maybe when we went to the World Series, 200 people watching, something small like that. But, I mean, dude, holy shit. There were just so many people in the stands, and the energy was so high. It was like, I've done all the, the breathing, studying, and the meditation shit and all that, but it, I wasn't consciously freaking out. It wasn't a mental freakout. My body had this energy in it that I could not release. And it was just like, it was like my body was overwhelmed and it was just like, Ugh! and it really did. Like, it took me a while to really settle in. Um, I think I literally threw eight or 10 straight balls to start off my outing. Like, walk a guy, I walk a guy, almost walk the next guy. Like, it was just so rough. 
and it really just gave me so much respect for those guys that just go out there, 50,000, 80,000 fans, there's 100 million watching at home, whatever the hell it is. I mean, it was – I definitely have a new respect for them. I, I, guess, I guess you might get used to it, but – don't really get to – you know, there, there's a performance piece to it, right? Like in, in the minors, I'm not sure if you know that, but they do that stadium size is based on what – single a double a triple a is right and they're trying to see if the athletes can handle the different crowd sizes you know and and testing guys that's why you'll see bigger jumps rookie to double or you know rookie to triple just to see okay this guy's 15 people in the stands who gives a shit you know let's see what he does in front of five six thousand you know and the crowd's cheering or he gets roasted on the road you know from there and and you know there's there's just that's just not talked about enough and honestly that's one of the things that i think every college baseball player that gets to the point if you don't get drafted all you got to do is go through a 93 and then go to an indie ball trial and somebody's going to give you a shot like that's the minimum that's all you have to do that's literally it yeah. now if you want to yep. play and be the throw 95 throw 97 right but that's only because that's what that league is doing the league's already doing that you can't avoid that like you, the the closer for the chicago dogs throws 97 which means you're not taking his job unless you throw 97. That's just the math. What it is. It's not, it is not an equal opportunity. I really thought I was going to sneak in there with my 86, but I guess, I guess it's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's that truth piece that I feel like is missing in a lot of the American baseball culture that, even though we're watching these numbers on TV, I think a lot of people mis- misinform the, the process that it's impossible, you know, which proves me a segue into, let's talk about your tread experience. I, you know, you told me that you were doing that when you were here. I was very excited about that. I love their content. Uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff that they do. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, hopefully I'll have an opportunity one day to go over there and talk to those guys. Um, and have conversations because I just, you know, I want to be around other Jedi as well. Um, you know, I, you got to throw with arrow throws and, and some of those guys over there, but let's talk about, you know, your experience over there with all those guys. And, and, you know, you don't, you don't have to necessarily give me any conclusions. I know you have some stuff that you're probably going to release with that as well, but yeah, no, 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 I'm not worried about that. Um, no, it was, um, it was awesome. I think the, biggest thing I would say is like almost overwhelming because I was there for such a short period of time and uh, so you know I think if I was a high school kid going to do something like like that and I knew I had a couple more years in high school before the draft or before signing with colleges um, I think it would be a lot easier to really take your time build up one piece at a time not feel like you have to rush but I was there for seven weeks and um you know, I just got back from California for a month. I'm still living in a trailer with my wife and a kid. I'm having to commute two hours every day. Um, I've got no money. I'm just barely hanging on. And then I, I'm getting to tread and it's just like so many things that I just never known, never thought about, never heard. And it was, it was a lot at first. Um, but, you know, I talked to some of the other guys there and, you know, a lot of people say like, hey, that's just, um, you know, that's part of it. You're going to be uncomfortable for the first little bit. And then I did think about it. And it's like, you know, if you go somewhere 
to learn and you're always comfortable, you're probably not learning too much because if you're comfortable, you're in the same spot that you're used to being in. And if you're in the same spot you're used to being in, you're probably not going to go somewhere you haven't been before. You know, it's, you know, you have to have that level of discomfort. Um, so, I mean, once I, you know, first two weeks kind of got my feet under me, um, went through the correctives routine, just like getting my body to move a little bit better, got through my lifting routine, started to learn what each thing was, watched all my YouTube videos and stuff. I did start to get settled in. Um, but even then, fuck. Um, even then, dude, I, I was up there for seven weeks and I knew that. And not only was I trying to look at it from like a uh, social networking standpoint, um, but just trying to learn from everybody. Like as much as I respect Aero and as much as I learned from him, I was just sitting there going, you know, I want to take a piece away from every single person that I can while I'm up here. And so I, I just did my best to have a ton of little conversations with guys about things about my mechanics, things about pitching in general, things about baseball in general, uh, life in general, and just took away as much as I could. But it was uh, um, overall just an awesome experience. I definitely learned a lot that I can take back home, continue to build on once I get, you know, my shoulder healthy, get my neck healthy and everything. Um, the content was, it was really good content. It was just really hard on the ego because as you just just get my doors fucking blown off with 95 every Friday, bro. It was just one of the one of the coaches there, um, Scott Firth. I mean, he's been up to like 99 before he just had a baby. So he doesn't really even train. He just kind of rolls out of bed and sits 94 to 96. And so the first Friday I was there, I did some live ABs against him and this triple uh, A guy. And I just, I got absolutely mauled. Like it was terrible. And I, I really, I don't think I, I put a ball in play against Scott the first week through like six or eight at bats. And then um, I went up to him and I, I talked to him the next Monday and I was like, Hey Scott, do you want to start a rivalry with me while I'm here? And he's just like a nice quiet guy. And he was like, yeah, that seems like a fun challenge. And so I, I'm going to start releasing the content soon. But over the next four weeks, I was just like hyping it up around the place. Like it was just such a big battle. But every weekend, he's just coming in and just shitting on me. And it's like, if I, if I get one knock, the place just erupts. Like everybody gets lit. Um, but I mean, it was, it was overall a really great experience. And like you said, just being able to talk to other dudes who just understand the game, whether it's social media, baseball, you know, the human body, whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think they would, um, they would probably love to have you come around and talk about stuff like that. Most of the guys up there that I talk to anyways, they seem like the type of guys that are just always trying to learn and take in new information and, um, you know, just continue to develop their craft because you can watch their own individual journeys before they got to tread or once they get to tread, you know, and have worked with guys for years and just kind of watch how they grow. So, I mean, I, I think you would definitely have a lot of good things to bring to the table and then maybe get to just take bits and pieces of what those guys bring. Yeah. It's, I mean, everybody, I just like the, the systems over there that they put into place as well with how they focus on things. And you can see they're a lot about feel and reading and, you know, being able to do the best possible thing. It's, it's always fun to see, you know, 
other what what we call Jedi. You know what I mean? And there's a there's a whole thing to this. Oh, and and it's I think that having more treads and drive lines and cutter nation, you know, just just nothing but help people enjoy the game. And with I, I love travel ball as as an idea of like the competition is better, but you know, condensing games for the sake of at bats is not the right idea. You know, it's not how you do it. And so, you know, I having more of these facilities that are promoting these live ABs, like, you know, we, we can we can possibly get back to a, a, a league season model that allows for just a little bit more. You know, I mean baseball's a, a weekly game. It's not a it's not a two day game. Dude, some of those tournaments are fucking crazy. The yeah. Lake Point stuff, the PBR. We had a in Little League, we had a three man rotation. I was Saturdays, two other kids that were right there. Each kid threw through like three or four innings. You had a reliever with like literally of the 12 kids, you have to have all of them pitch, like just because yeah. of. And so it's like that, like, and you got freaking Jake Savicki's kid pitching first game in the morning and then game in the afternoon. Like, what are we doing? What? Why did he throw two innings within 10 hours? What are we doing? You Not know? everybody can be John Sintez and pump out 150 a day. But even then, let's let's not, you know, let's not disrespect the guy, you know, like, because you're holding the illusion of winning for the team and sacrificing your body for the team when it's not the process. That isn't how it works, you know? And so, you know, I just, I think showing up so ill-prepared is kind of what forces these tournaments into these bad situations where it's like, that's not fair to these people to like have three pitchers and try to go play a freaking tournament, you know? And, and that's what I really, I love what you do so much over there. And um, I think it was actually like the very start of how I found out about Cutter Nation was I was getting my start on social media and I just started seeing all the live at bat stuff. And I just, I loved it so much. I just always loved seeing the clips of it. And that was just one thing my dad used to always say growing up that I just didn't value enough until it was too late. As he just said, the the most valuable thing you can possibly do is just go get live at bats. Just go take live reps. And I wish I would have understood it more and had a place near me where I could have done it at a reasonable price and just – you go put in the hours and the hours and the hours of the training and you do what you need to do. And then once a week you can roll in to a facility and get 15 at bats just like that. I mean, dude, 15 at bats, that was multiple tournaments or, you know, one, you know, packed in weekend of perfect game. And you're, you're talking tournament costs, Jersey costs, travel costs, sunburn, food, shitty food sometimes you know and it's yeah it's still fun you still need to play a lot of baseball to be good at baseball and have the game iq but it's like i just think about how much easier things could have been and how much more i could have developed because it's like game iq yeah that's huge base running huge defense huge not a single thing matters if you can't pitch to a guy when if you can't pitch when there's a dude in the box not a single thing matters if you can't hit when there's a guy on the mound. And so it's just, you know, it, it just, it does irk me that we're 
so caught up in this whole travel ball, 50 games a weekend, you know, thing when you could just go to a facility near you, put together a group, get 15 to 20 at bats for, you know, 20, 50, 100 bucks, whatever it is, and then spend the rest of your week training. Because like you said, if you throw 93, you're going to get signed somewhere. You're going to get signed somewhere. But there's a lot of kids out there that are doing this year-round travel ball thing that, okay, that's great. You put up great stats. Your team won some championships. You throw 82, bro. Have fun in D3. Like, that was me. It's like D3 baseball, I'm sure that's fun. You're probably not getting drafted, though. Vicky will get in here. So Vicky, you gotta send a request, my friend. I'll send it here. I'll send you in, but we'll get we'll get a legend in here. Um, yeah, and, and you know, oh, there you go. There he is. <laughs> now, what's up? What up? I like this combo. I just wanted to jump in and listen and chime yeah. in here. How you boys doing? Good. Doing. We're doing well. Oh, we were just talking about how much fun it was uh, the, for for our little battleground that we had in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you and I, I are, are West Coasters, and I feel like we could have contributed to that YouTube game over there. I was happened to watch that last night, and I told them I was disappointed in the efforts that I saw through. You know, if it known a little more about this and had a little more time to prepare, and I didn't have an 18-month-old daughter right now, I feel like I could have given the team my 150 pitches or so, you know? So soft. Uh, at, at least i figure if you can give us 150 in a facility you were good for 250 out there if you needed it Jeez, i'm still blown away dude i've told like 20 people about that whenever that video surfaces they're like oh live abs that's sick i'm like yeah this dude that threw like i gotta tell the story to everybody like he freaking threw 160 pitches and then apparently rolled back the next night or that same night to pitch to his kids and most of the coaches that i like throw bp with over the years um, i tell them they're like that's impossible i'm like i you would think but I was blown away. Um, yeah, I think so. Next year, we got to get out there. I know the Dragon, you you talked to me about that game. It didn't line up for me, but I got to get out there and go. That's a good time. That looked like a great time. Oh, hey, dude, we yeah, we, 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 we need a West Coast one, you know? Yeah. Well, Why not? I think he uh, I think he actually has one set up that's going to happen against the Portland Pickles hey. in, in a few months. Yeah, that's a quick flight for us, sir. You want you yeah, want to yeah that's that's not too bad for you west coasters because i think he said uh will taylor from the baseball bat bros might be at that one hey i would love to for youtubers on my list you know what i mean i'd love to crossing them motherfuckers off that list <laughs> don't I'm, I, yeah. I'm our guy woods we've been competing a little bit so i think i'm gonna get the arm back to 90 you know i'm gonna we're, we're expanding, so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make it a thing. Matter of fact, uh, one of our opening videos we planned is the guy deal up for us to move the facility. He played a little ball, and he's like, "Hey, you want to do like a realtor versus John thing?" I said, "Hell yeah, absolutely! Let's really get all the realtors over here thinking that they can play baseball. Let's do that. Let's yeah. Come on, guys. Come on, man. I love that. It's not as easy as it looks, guys." It really isn't. And it's fun, too. Like, those were the first at-bats I took in literally, like, 10 years. And I went home. I'm like, I got to go hit the cages. I want to do that again, like, for real. Like, I wanna, I'm want to. i like, I'm 36. I have no reason to do this, but I want to do this now. <laughs> like, 
I'll, yeah. When I go to like practice with my daughter, I got to cut out 30 minutes for me to hit too. Like, <laughs> you know, go hit in the weight room. It kind of gives you something, which is cool for us. It gives you something like that you actually, it's like, like you're training for something. Again. Yeah. You're doing something. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, and we can have fun with it. There's no pressure of like, there's no contracts, there's no scholarships. Like, it gives us something, I think, a little after the playing career and a little later in life to go, this is fun, dude. This is part and we're competitive. So I don't think it, we're competitive. So it's really all the same, being in a box in a cage or being out on the field, like that competitive nature kicks in pretty quick. It makes it fun. Yeah, it just sucks running to right field, you know, and right this part. That's the worst. All the way there? Got to get the first base dug out. Dude, there's some funny. I saw it on Jake's story. Um, probably like a few weeks after that, it was like a picture of him at the gym, and he's like, "I got to work out for two weeks so I can get in shape enough to work out." <laughs> and I was just That's like, "The truth." I got back into lifting when I got back home, and I was like, "Damn, I felt that." Like it, it took me two weeks of like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things in the weight room to prepare my body." Two weeks from now, I'm gonna really start working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to be in shape to get in shape. I do not. I, my wife is trying to get me to do that honeydew list Saturday morning, and it's like, look, we're a little slow here. The right, the right, you know, we gotta, we're moving ginger, babe. You know, yep. I love a rather than a walk, walk around the store, babe. Let's let's be a little more efficient here. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Might as well. Hey, I like real quick. I don't want to take you guys too far off the topic. I like what you're talking about with, you know, travel ball and playing, and and there, where's the balance? It's it's an interesting conversation because I've always said, John, you do it, I do it, we all we all do it with whether we played travel or coached it. You know, I, I ran just like you, John, a facility for a long time, had a bunch of teams and people would always ask me like, oh, you think it's good? I'm, my answer was always like, no, I think it's just necessary. Like you you have, to, I, I wish they could go play basketball for four months and go play baseball for four months and go play football. But they the reality is like the necessity comes in when, if you're trying to go to your high school team, eventually, obviously that's kind of everybody's goal at some point, whatever, there's a lot of travel ball versus high school now, but John, I, I guess we're in SoCal. I, there's zero argument for for how important high school baseball is for these kids. Like this is the best of the best. Florida, not much different. Georgia, not really. Those are like between Florida, Georgia, Texas, and California, that's where it is. So. I mean, I watched I watched Mickey Moniak go one one overall down here, and when I strolled out of my office to play him in high school as a coach, I saw like five GMs, fifty. They didn't even bother with scouts anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this is insane. <laughs> like you won't see that at a perfect game showcase for one guy. You know what I mean? And it's and that's not a situation for everybody else. I told my kids, I'm like, look, guys, I, I'm not trying to be rude here. Don't buy into this. Like there's not one. There's no deep two scouts here to see mickey so you're not getting scouted today like these are that's aj preller and these are gms like we're here to play baseball whatever they're not, but, not really gonna make a call guys so don't waste their time <laughs> exactly exactly so i i just for me seeing the high school down here you know it's such a big piece and and you get later in the season and these guys you know, you never know where somebody's going to be in travel ball. You don't know what your next game is on a Saturday while you're playing your first game. Oh, well, if we win, we play over here maybe. If we lose, we might play there. So these guys, they'll see you out there at travel ball for sure. And then when they go to your – when they like you and they go, hey, we really we really like 
freaking the dragon. Let's go see what high school he goes to. And then he goes to this high school and they go, cool, here's 30 games where we know where he's going to be. And then we can match up against, oh, this dude over here is a D1 pitcher who's supposed to be going today. We can go watch him take it at bats against him. And that's a guarantee. So the high school stuff is big. Yes. But I, I just don't think you can avoid, you know, as long as there's, I was listening to you talk about like throwing guys at tournaments because you almost have to, everyone has to pitch everyone in order to get through it healthy. If you, it's, it's, again, it's a tough one because there's the money in it and it's like, you are there at that tournament you go get your reps but if you took away the money i mean you're gonna play a kid because they paid to be there you're gonna you're gonna get these kids in and probably overwork them because again they're they're here and they paid but look at high school how many john how many guys you work with that in high school they're relievers and they throw once a week and they're happy with it because they know that's the role and they're not paying a million dollars to be on that team they're just yeah i'm the reliever this is my role i'm a i'm a sophomore i throw maybe one to two innings a week maybe next year it's probably going to be long relief or starter who knows but there's more of a realistic like everything they're going to get after high school is is all exactly what high school's like it's not what travel football is like they're not going to go anywhere and play eight games over the weekend they're going to go to the school and they're going to just like they did in high school and they're going to have to go to class. They're going to have to eat and train and do all that and then get on the bus. And then when they get drafted, that's clearly a different life. That's just baseball all the time, 24 seven, but you're also probably take out the high school guys. You're also probably 21 and, and have a better chance of navigating that world. But I just think that now, and then like you said, with, with the money, these kids are playing because they're paid and they're, they're pissed that they're not playing. We paid to be here, but you don't find that many pissed off kids when, they know their role in high school because it's free essentially you pay for a few things but but it's it's there's no money involved and that's why i think it's realistic and and that's why i think a lot of people get bent out of shape and they're like well i'm this that and the other thing on my travel team it's like well your travel team you paid to be there of course you're yeah. gonna play of course you know what i mean when there's 30 guys that try out for a high school team and you happen to be the second best shortstop, and there's also an all-American second baseman, you're going to be the backup shortstop. That's the way it goes until something happens. So I, I don't know. I just, it, I wish people understood really more than anything that high school is as close to what you're going to get at the next level. It is the next level, just amplified. Yeah, it's it's a weird process to say the least. I mean, it, it's, completely different as far as seasonal and training too with with three games a week two games a week one game a day right it, it's mm -hmm. a different we, we grew up on a different thing you said it as well like i just think you remember my, my all-star team everybody pitched i remember my middle school team everybody. in high school it got a little different a little farther we had like four pitchers but we had games a week and like me and one of the other guys were considered serious pitchers and we would get six, you just threw six innings. Like, mm -hmm. it's just what you did. You just yep. threw six. Yep. Oh, it wasn't like a pitch count. I wasn't, like, I remember distinctly my senior year, all four of the seniors having like, everybody knew, we coach didn't have to tell shit, right? If I pitched, he played first and he played right, then he played short and you just rotated. That's this. Why are you playing first? I pitched yesterday, I can't throw. I'm going to go from there to right. Why? It's a little easier. And then after that, I'm kind of fresh. I can make that play it short and let's hop on the bump. You know, mm -hmm. like it was a rotation that made sense. It's just kind of what happened. And then when I got to college, the different 
types of the positions were more obvious in roles, but that conversation of understanding is convoluted. The travel ball rolls just like you said. And so nobody understands, you know, parents are confused. They didn't play. They don't understand. The kids just go the system trying to do everything he's supposed to, but yet he's told every day he's good enough to play at Stanford, even though we know we probably, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't, right? Mm. Right? But like, Likely doesn't, but, you know. He's running in. You know what I mean? Like, you can't say your kid's going to go to Stanford, have a walk on spot like it's the same thing the kid that got flown in and got 80 percent you know like it's just it's not the same thing you know and and the more i'm watching you know it's fun to watch all these youtube things we're watching these kids play and stuff you can see these 13 and 14 year olds throwing 93 90 and like that's been happening for 30 40 years now and we're because of the information is getting out there we are four of these kids but it's also they're being brought to these main and I think that's where the missing culture is. If you played, Jake, if, if were you if you were okay with three, um, if you were okay with three tournaments a year, and they were spread out a month, and and everybody was going to be there, and that was the travel ball scene, what would you be able to handle? Would that something that would make more sense to you instead of playing forty? Yeah. Yeah, I w I think if like you were talking about right before I came on here, if there's spaces like yours that exist for live at bats against your kind of competition, and when I say your competition, I mean you can, you you have this space where a 13 year old, or shoot a 10 year old can go hit against the dragon, <laughs> or that same 10 year old can go hit against, yeah, that 10 year old can go hit against 10 year olds. You know, what I mean? you've created this space where. Uh, a minor leaguer can face minor league arms. Uh, a high schooler can face high school arms and get all that. If you were to go do that and go get your three at bats or your three tournaments, like you just said, showcase whatever you want to call them in a year, it's it's really the way to go. I think. I mean, I, to me, I say the same thing when I coach high school. I would tell all the parents, stop going to all this stuff. Pick pick three things, save your money, and over the summer from like your junior to your senior year, that summer, if the kid was an absolute stud, young, it takes care of itself, he's gonna get seen, picked up, whatever. But if you're like every other high school kid, which is probably good enough to play at the next level if you want to, because a lot of what it takes is just, you've gotta be willing to go anywhere. There's a D3 out there, there's a junior college, there's a D2, they're there. I've, I've seen it personally, I've sent kids that wanna play do anywhere. You got to be willing to go. But I, I tell them, save the money on all the stupid stuff. Trust me. I, I know where your talent level is. It's not going to. It's not going to make sense. What you need to do is wait till junior to senior year, summer, when you're as developed as you're going to get as a high school kid, and then go pick three schools that fit you academically, talent-wise, all that, and go to their individual things. Those are money makers for them too. But it's going to be you and thirty other kids in front of the coaching staff or who knows maybe some players whatever it's it, it makes so much more sense to go put all your eggs in like three or four schools basket and see if that makes sense academically again talent wise baseball wise division it just is such a better way to go but everybody's got wrapped up because like you said they don't know they don't know anything they and they're being told by you know whoever the college the the travel team that is going to five different d1 tour we're going to go play there it's like well but what are you going for 
it doesn't make sense like about this too there has to be a qualification system mm -hmm. like you buy you have like in nascar you, there's certain tracks they don't do time around the track they do speed you have to get above this speed to enter the race right like that that is d1 baseball that is professional baseball yep. and just not talked about because we confuse that with the strategy of a game and that's coming from the people that literally never did it that's that's not the people that did it and that is not talked about enough and of course in the arc of how many people that actually did it there's such a disparity right like the best coaches in the world they're not coaching high school baseball the best coaches in the world still not in college baseball right they're they're making the most money probably privately independently with whoever's working with jacob Degrom. by the way let's just throw that out there we know somebody's doing something with him probably we know scherzer does stuff we know kershaw goes places but these guys don't want to give away those secrets and so no. that route that story that's told the little league world series thing is just like it's not a thing it's just because because you're, you're unfortunately as america we are in a very small lens like because we don't see the Dominican kids playing one game a day and all they do is live at bats of sun up to sundown and there's a hundred pitchers at the same field, you know, like you're not gonna see it. And and the guys that I played with, you know, they told me they intentionally don't tell the white guys <laughs> why, you, why you won't see a documentary down for the Cuba. You know, I, I about Cuba's developmental at a youth age. How many, how many? How many people do you think would be absolutely blown away to find out that the major league has their hand in every little Puerto Rican city down there somewhere? Like they have their own. My buddy got a job with the Padres and his first assignment was, see, you're going to Puerto Rico. He's a pitching coach. I'm like, Dude. he's like, yeah, I'm going to Puerto Rico for two weeks. And it's like, that's the reality of what it is. But you, do you know how many people, like you just said, blown away if they found that out, they knew that the MLB is like just as big of, of a role in there as anything else it's that's where the future is and they do it a certain way but like you said they're they don't want anybody knowing that it's just crazy sorry puerto rico doesn't play tournaments on the weekends guys I hate to tell you <laughs> they're just out there grinding but you know what they're also out there to get off freaking island you know what i mean like they're playing for such a whole different yeah reason man and, and it's that it's a grind to them that, that that i think that's a big piece of what you see here like i i told my high school kids i'm like watching them one day all stressed out about stuff i'm like you guys are stressed as like 15 year old kids playing baseball like because you think that some scout's going to be here you're going to go for three and get taken off a radar like i went to a an angels game yesterday when this was back in the day i'm like i watched a bunch of dudes that are probably a, a legitimate 0 for 4 day away from like going back down to double or triple a that's just the, the facts like those guys get cycled through more than you know but that's it's you you constantly see the the superstars names so you don't really pay attention to the fact that a lot of guys are coming up and down left and right like i'm like these guys are out here dancing to the music three minutes before the game starts having the time of their life and they're about to go from four thousand a day to four thousand a, a friggin year <laughs> like, you know, why are you as a 15 year old high school kid stressed about this high school game? Like have some fun, dude. That's where, and I'm not a big fun guy. Like, oh, well, let's just have fun and see what happens. You're gonna be your best when you're having a good time. That's the bottom line. It's like, learn to play where you understand it's a game, but it's also important. But man, at the end of the day, you're playing baseball. 
and the more relaxed and fun you're having, the better you're going to be. Also, there's a level of if everybody's good, that's more fun, right? There's mm-hmm. that yep. thing, right? Like, and Very I think good. that's a right? Like, like, you know, just we, uh, we've got a college summer team going on right now, and uh, we played a nine-inning game the other day in two hours and 45 minutes, and we gave every person on the field a challenge for ball and strike because we had track men out there, and that really created a fun environment. That was, awesome. And weird, the track man came back with a four-second, oh, and I believe the stat we said, it was like of the seven challenges, five of them were correct. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's the call, right? Like, is what it is. You know, everybody's and our and our umpire was like, we were all talking about it. He was nails, dude. He was nails because he knew like he, he didn't have he could go line to line. But if it was borderline, like he could make a call on it, whatever. And he was asking after each inning and I'm literally showing him the iPad and I'm going like, yeah, dude, no, that was a ball. I understand. I, I get it. That was a strike in literally every other league, maybe even the big leagues. But according to this laser guided system that we are trusting right now, you were correct. And he was even like, dude, it's so much easier to like understand that. And that kind of upset me too, because I was like, well, why the hell do we not give the fucking umpires the iPad? Why don't we give the the shit? Because the union doesn't want it? Well, fuck, in tennis, we put it on the screen. Why don't we put it on the screen? You know? Yeah. Then there's no, oh, let's not slow the game down. Well, now TrackMan works in three seconds. I'm sure if we, if Major League Baseball invested more into TrackMan, we could probably happen in one second. Right. Probably if if hit tracks can do it in under a second, I guarantee you TrackMan's a couple ideas away from. Oh, there it is. Yep. Check that out. Look at that. You know. And we want the human element. I get that. Right. But the challenge system, I think, is going to be very fun. It's going to. I don't want the, the game. human element. Fuck that, dude. I want my fucking strikes when I throw a strike. And when I take fucking 95 an inch off the plate, I want my I want my goddamn ball. I want it. By the way, most of them were interesting, too. Like, um, uh, two of them were pitchers where there was a weird check swing on an up and M. The umpire gets blinded, and you only know that if you played the game long enough. And so he called it a ball. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a weird, funky thing. Pitcher goes challenged. Nope, that caught the up and end corner. Ha! It's like, yeah, dude, how about that shit, right? That's pretty cool. The other one was like a weird check swing, right? Same thing. He's kind of looking at both, ball and the bat, right? Umpire calls strike. Batter goes challenge. We're like, okay, well, I guess we can see the swing here on the video on track, man. No swing and laser-guided ball. Wow. Flip the whole at bat. That's crazy. That is sick. Right. I, yeah, I don't see what I mean. That's the tough part for me, too. Like, you look at the Major League Baseball, and you go, these guys are the best of the best, like, in the world. And you you leave a piece of the human element. That'd be like at the Olympics. Like, now we got two people at the uh, end with stopwatches. So this 100 meters is going to be determined by, hey, hey you know what? If, if there's some human error, there's some human error. It's like, well, these are the best people in the world. Like, I think they deserve perfection if it exists. So yeah, I, I, when, when four years of training comes down to a 0.01 second difference, yes. I want to fucking know. Like Michael Phelps, he beat somebody, and I think it was literally 0.01. And it's like, yeah, that, that that's such a good point. You can't tell from the replay, and you can't tell from a human eye. I think my thing is, like, the amount of work these guys put in, it – 
I used to say it in high school all the time to umpires. I'm like, we work hard for this, dude. Could you just do the same for six, eight, seven innings? Like, just work hard. I don't give it. I mean, when you got a guy that, you know, sits out there and he's been working on something in the cage all week because he's in a slump and he gets in that bat and it starts off 0-1 when it should absolutely be 1-0. You're like, that just sucks, dude. That's a week worth of work. And now he goes straight to, like, you got to now battle the irritation you got going on from that call. You got to put yourself in a, I'm kind of behind in the count instead of going up there with maybe, maybe we worked on not missing your pitch, you know, while you're heading the count. And now you just get to start off behind the whole time and screw you. Like it doesn't matter what we worked on, ditch it, go to the two strike approach. It's just like, it's tough. And they, I think they deserve the best of the best. At least those guys deserve perfection. If it exists really. It's it's uh and and really you know I would I would love to have a conversation with Major League Baseball because somehow a nobody that never played Major League Baseball is able to set up a system in the middle of a college game. Oh, and by the way, we played in two we played nine innings in two hours and forty five minutes. By the way, I know it exists. There's just a reason, like you said, the union it, it exists. They they know it does. I gotta imagine it's a matter of time. Right. Right, exactly. It's 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 an annoying process that that that's what it is. But you know, it's how we talk to the fans. You know, in golf, you can tune in. You don't know what, but some beautiful with a nice tell you why that shot was beautiful and explain it. Right? He's gonna, you know, and he's gonna go. You know, the club degree, three degrees. Get right underneath it. Hit the divot so he bends it around the tree. It hits the hill spins the correct direction goes 25 feet six inches to the pin i do now sir i appreciate it. thank you i would love to be able to say do you know how the front door on alex rodriguez when you know he's bailing out and he has the quickest bat speed in the league and yet if you if you miss two inches to the left the ball's going to leave the yard mm-hmm. my god that's a small hole let's see if he can do it oh my god now we're looking for it you know i just I hate to talk about the freaking hot dogs out there. It bothers the shit. <laughs> I get on immediately every time I watch the Padres because I'm just like, if we talk about the hot dog day one more time instead of the spin of the ball as it goes to the air, then I'm going to lose my. I, I I hear that. I hear that big time. Can I get a subscribe to that one? Can you guys release that channel for me, Major League Baseball? I'll take that one. I'll pay. I'll pay an expert to talk about it please none of this you know joe schmo stuff you know it just it bothers me to watch it you know it really it really does where i'm just like man it'd be really cool if i know how this freaking ball moved as it was going towards the hitter it'd be really nice to know that luis urias is throwing six foot curveballs today biggest curveball ever ever thrown uh barry zito 12 feet holy shit right like like, would be sick did you guys see, speaking kind of about this, how hilarious, that Chipper Jones clip that resurfaced just the other day about him in the booth, and he's talking to <laughs> one of the guys broadcasting is a guy when Chipper was playing, he asked him why he swings at the first pitch so much, and Chipper's like, oh, I just, I don't know what his reasoning was, but the guy's like, you just never really get a strike or a fastball, and they're like, Chipper's talking about it. he's like, yeah, you remember that? They show the clip, and it's like the day that he asked him that. And Chipper's in the box. It's oh oh, first pitch, fastball's just cocked. And Chipper, like, gets out of the box and looks up at the booth, and he's like, 
shakes his head, disgusted. He's like, he's like so pissed. And they go, it's like live now. They're all, they're all in the booth together. Chipper's retired, but he's laughing. He's like, I just remember being so pissed that that you, I let you, a dude that sits in the booth, change my at bat. He's like, I was so pissed. He's like, well, you ended up with a walk. He's like, that's not the point. Yeah. You're not swinging the bat, Dick. Yeah, exactly. But to your point. To your point, like it was great commentary because it's Chipper Jones talking about his approach to the plate and what he, why he was doing what he's doing. And if you could watch the game, I think when A-Rod, I really actually liked when A-Rod first got in the booth, the way he talked about baseball. He talked, it was awesome. Even the end of the uh, World Baseball Classic, I've rewound it and filmed it on my phone because I loved what he said. He's like, if you look at this Japanese team, man, they, they played baseball. They bunted. They hit and run. They like they play baseball and they are literally considered now the best team in the world. Like, because they played the game really the way it's supposed to be played. You can't tell me there's more talent on the Japanese team than there is on the American team. They're just not trying to do the same thing. They're trying to go yard. They're trying to play American baseball where you look at the Japanese team and go, well, that worked much better than the American stuff did. I mean, you shut down, you shut down an entire team of USA guys that is, very good and the only way i think you really do that and blank them one nothing is is that what it was one nothing is by them hurting themselves more often than you hurt them if those guys wanted to go up there and barrel baseballs in a gap or get it through the infield they would they would score a couple runs that's all there is to it but when they're hacking the way they're hacking it's easier it was so good too especially like we had all of the things that that help us play the game because I think both sides understood, right? We had a good pace of play. We had every pitch was important, which is kind of what is missing in what we talk about with baseball where, yes, base running, yes, ground balls, but, like, the game is the pitcher versus the hitter. That's what it is, right? We had Otani and Trout going against each other in a where everybody's going, like, holy shit, here we go. You know what I mean? And, like, if he gets him, then we're tie game, and now it's a high leverage, right? And 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 even with that, like, I, I really want to push for, uh, like, a, a fan voting all-star live AB. Let's do that. Let's put a matchup together and fuck run into second base. Make it a point-based system that if the ball goes so many feet, you get points. And let's watch Otani throw 25 pitches to Mike Trout and be like, all right, well, fuck. But what, what would happen in three in a row? We don't get to do this. Let's do things we don't get to do. I am over the Cadillac ball game, you know, and giving away the, you know, like I, I'll take a Camaro all day, guys. Chevy, I love you to death, but fuck, dude, I do not give a fuck about your Camaro. I want to see Mike Trout face Otani. I want to see thirty pitches, you know, mm-hmm. to face some. I want, I want him to get out there and us be like, okay, let's look in the history books. Who is who's on this lineup that has not faced Aroldis? Let's let's talk about that. You know, yeah. goes to that. I want to see some of the skills competitions too just like random shit just like who can throw a baseball the furthest just I, what it said this the other day you how about this one you know how they're throwing the balls up in the stands how about like a ring game from the outfield to the stands literally just more stuff like that i mean like i'm not anti the all-star game but it's like you got that many people there for all that time just for a dude to get in at bat or throw an inning or, you know, it, 
it, it seems like a, a waste of time to a degree. You know, I think they could really amplify what they get out of it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. Jake, we were talking about earlier. I think I have an answer to men's league, right? Let's go 80-mile-an-hour machine dick jobs, right? Just all-time pitcher, and you get two teams together, right? Now let's do this. Let's go 90 middle, right? So you, you don't need a pitcher. We'll have the L scream. Everybody still plays defense. The <laughs> a ball game. There's your high scoring game. Just middle 90. All right, boys. Let's play ball. It would go. It would go so much faster. That'd be oh, awesome. Strikeouts hurt a lot worse though. <laughs> uh, I got freaking K'd up by the machine three times today. I was sitting off speed. I don't know. He. His sequencing is really getting to me. Hey, and if you knew it, too, like, if you knew it, it would be good. It's like, all right, hey, look, these guys are, we got, we got, uh, you know, we, we better score. We can't hit that shit. That fifth inning through the seventh inning, we know we're getting 85 to 90. And then yeah. in seventh, or eighth and ninth, we're getting that 90, 92. We better put some runs up in a hurry. Uh, it, it would be a fun little game. I think it would be way more entertaining now, especially because, like, you know, I'm sure you know, you know, Jake, the worse the ball, the more the flare on the machine, and the faster you throw it, it goes. So we get big league balls with these beautiful machines. We got yeah. we're, we're end holes for you know yeah. every pitch. launching. But you're gonna get some balls launch. That'd be a great time. It'd be a great time. That was short. You know, like oh my god. Yeah, I like the idea. I'm in. I'm in. It's it's the Sunday morning. Uh, 8 a.m. down in San Diego to get me though. You know, I, that's a that's a 45 minute drive. I'm like, dude, I'll I'll see you about eight minutes before game time. <laughs> Roll out there, swing the legs back and forth, and get going. <laughs> I have, there's a North County league up there too. I think they play in like uh, yeah, they're um, like San Pasqual and stuff. Yep. I get in on that. There's your. I, we were going through the content, and I was watching the video from from uh, uh, our man, Nick here. And I was looking at your swing again and I was like, my guy, you know, like it, it, he's got it. He's got it. You the know? swing is solid. I gotta go, I gotta like legitimately swing. Now. I need to go like practical, but it's what I used to do in high school. So I would step directly on top of the plate. I'd get, I'd get the umpire would back me off the plate like almost every at bat. I'm like, I'm just trying to stand as close as I can. I would just swing a 33, I'd choke up like an inch and a half. And just say I couldn't go to the right side, so I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna create an inside pitch on everything." <laughs> and I would, I would like step in the bucket, but it would like be so, I'd be so closed off, it would just even me out. It would even out. Yep. Oh, dude. Now I'm like, oh man, I'm stepping in the bucket that's like over in the dugout. <laughs> I need to clear that that step up and stay in the box. But that's what I mean. Like as a competitor, I watch those at bats. I'm like, I think I texted you, John. Like uh, the next day, I'm like, I gotta come back, dude. I, <laughs> I'm gonna go hit the cage for a week or two and come back with some real swings. But that it was just fun to get in there and see it and like give you something to kind of work on. There's no different than you, Nick. Like going to tread, which what a cool journey that was to follow. You know what I mean? And then watching somebody go just try to get better. There's a goal, like and and it's it's just fun for us. You know what I mean? But I gotta get down there, John, and take some maybe's, especially and, and and for you too, so you can be on pitch like one through sixty, not not 90 through 120 when you see me <laughs> if you're then before you jump then i was like yeah appreciate that <laughs> i had to get a scouting report on you first 
it didn't fucking help when like that whole time out in California, I was just, I was struggling to hit, um, well, not against coach rack, but I guess he's not really a pitcher, but, um, he actually threw harder than everybody else. And he was the only yeah. one that I did decent against. And then you and Sim are throwing 85, blowing my fucking doors off. Jake was there for both of them, by the way, which was <laughs> awful. I'm just sitting there. I'm driving home, and I'm just like, all right, I got to post a clip of me actually hitting something just so this guy fucking knows. Dude, I left the, I left the facility. They were, like, out there in uh, Arizona. They're like, yeah, I just came by to say hi. Like, I, they reached out a while ago, and I'm like, to do some content, and it didn't work out. It was actually with Bauer, and they just threw it out there, but then he signed and left. I'm like, all right. But I was in Arizona. I'm like, hey, let me at least come by and say what's up to you guys just before I leave. And they're like, oh, yeah, Nick and uh, Juco are doing a battle today. I'm like, cool, I'll just say what's up real quick. I cruised in, and I told everybody, too, about this. I laugh. I'm like, dude, I went there. I said, Sim's in there throwing against the net to himself, warming up to pitch. Nick's over there, like, full eye black off the tee. I'm like, these dudes – I'm like, everybody in there was like, oh, what's up, dude? What's up? These two guys, they didn't even fucking look at me. They were, like, getting ready for war. I'm like, oh, shit, they're, like, really into it. You ended up coming up, saying what's up for, like, three, four minutes, getting back to work. And Sim, I don't know if he just, you know, whatever. He's an amazing dude. I love that guy. But I don't know if he was just like, oh, cool, what's this guy doing here? We walked out. He's like, what's up, man? I'm like, what's up, dude? Good to see you. He's like, yeah, yeah, good to see you, too. And, like, went back to work. I'm like, okay, this guy doesn't like me. And then I think when he's like, your job's to talk some shit today. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I think you get a little respect there where I'm like, fuck you. But I even said it afterwards. I'm like, man, my job was to sit here and talk shit. But now I just feel bad because Nick, this was like, this is so bad. He was so sad. <laughs> Dude, I was like, so I felt, Not because of what I said, just your performance. I'm like, I felt bad even say anything halfway through because I'm like, he's clearly just devastated. <laughs> Dude, that was the worst part is like, I had people texting me saying that like they had a hard time watching the video because they knew me and you could see that like, so like it just starts off rough. I'm just not seeing the ball. I don't know if maybe fucking eye black indoors wasn't the best idea. Um, it's just, it starts off like a shit show. And by the time I get to the mound, the point system is so fucked that it's like, I have to strike him out three out of five at bats just to have a chance and so like the camera comes over to me to say something and i had people tell me that like he comes over and i'm looking in the camera and they could just see the defeat in my eyes and i i was just like i had people text me like yo did you see king of juco just dropped your y'all's video and i was like i don't want to fucking watch it bro like like it's one thing to buy a trailer sacrifice all of your money you're about to quit social media, but you're just like, let's give it one last push. Let's drive out there and beat the dick off of this douchebag. You get out there. Not only do you get shit on, but then you have to edit the video. You have to go through and, oh, yeah, I look like shit there. Put that in. Oh, oh, he just said something funny shitting on me. <laughs> Put it in. And it's like, and then editing it you got to watch the video 50 times to make sure it's good and you're just reliving it and reliving it and so then people are texting me hey he he dropped the youtube video that's fucking sick he's not getting my view fuck him <laughs> like, <laughs> but no dude I, I was i was legitimately 
really angry after that one. And I remember leaving the facility and I had um, one of the dudes that's like training rehabbing up there right now is like, you're leaving already. And it's like, dude, I am going to, I'm going to do something I shouldn't if I'm here for more than five minutes. Like I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I, I think, um, <laughs> I think Eric thinks the same thing about me. I, I got separate outings against him where we're i think i've rolled a couple ankles brought a couple bats you know <laughs> had him sprawl out a few times and it was even even when we shot the content there like and bauer did it was my first time meeting bauer and we were talking and like i had just literally coached five ball games so i was exhausted and i go you know he's like yeah uh you know we're just gonna swing at random objects against you and i was like you're gonna do what and he's like yeah we're just you know we're gonna swing all and it'll be cool because when we hit the ball it'll explode i was like you want me to just throw heaters and they're like no no like just do your thing we'll just you know you're next pro so it'll be fun and i was like are you sure like this is what and he's like yeah dude just go ahead and i'm like all right and so i just went at him and like you could see i start off a little off and then i find it and then i'm just start like nailing the outside corner just dying just everything and you can see he's just like what the fuck and i was like i don't buddy like i i thought we conversation you know i could spread the out i could kill the spin rate we could put it middle we could have some fun you know i'm i'm down to dick it a little bit you know as a matter of fact we uh on friday we had a bunch of other college kids that were suffering from a college summer league you know uh disease as everybody does where when you drive two hours you get walked three times and then you drive two more hours back that is that is rough and so i had a couple kids call me that i've trained for a while and they're like hey can you just like can we just get in there battle can i just and i was like sure i was like do you want me to you know throw some heaters and they're like yeah it'd be nice to see some fastballs for a strike i said how about this we'll go two ab's all heaters all heaters the whole time and he goes okay and so, so i this we got some best hits up and i i go like belly button 82 and they're just like what and i'm like that's what i'm talking about like, to put it on a tee like that and then you be on time for 400 that's so fun wait you till know? you see I'm the a... video of got dropping in like two or three days of uh jake taking me deep i sent him i sent him the edited video of the dms yesterday dude it is fucking hilarious it's gonna be great that's a good one that's a real good one i like that that was a fun time we gotta we gotta do it again all of us for same sure. group. It's got to be like same group round two. <laughs> hey, we got to get Coach Rack in there though, right? I want yeah. them short. I'm gonna take them short shorts from him. I'm gonna put them on the wall. All right. I'm coming for them shorties. All right. Hey, Chubbies, get that. Get those cheeks <laughs> on your. Right. Because if anybody knows the Chubbies guys, send Coach Rack some Chubbies, and then we're gonna put hippos on them, and I'm gonna take them and put them on the wall. All right. <laughs> no, these are these are Coach Rack shorts from that day. Is this a, a shit stain in them? Is that what that is? Yep. <laughs> that is awesome. Right there. All right. All right. I got to roll, fellas. Thanks for letting me drop in. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. All right. I'll see you, dude. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. I'll get this out everywhere. Love you. Talk to you soon.